I think employee engagement is, in my mind, starting to become the key to everything. It's the key to innovation. It's the key to leadership. It's the key to effective marketing. It's the key to attracting talent. It's the key to keeping talent. It's the key to keeping customers and all of those things that I think every business wants. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Caged Vision Podcast. This week with a special guest, speaker, author, CEO, Michael Brenner is here today and he's going to talk to us about all things marketing. Would that be fair to say, Michael? Sure. Marketing, leadership, culture, whatever you want to get into. Yeah. And, and employee engagement. Yeah. I mean, you're going deep. You're making sure everybody's bought in, right? It's the new secret to success. We can talk uh, about it. I love it. I love it. Okay, let's start with the lightning round. I love to do steak or fish? Steak. Steak. Beach or mountains? Beach. East or West Coast? Oh, I mean, I'm an East Coaster, so I'm going to stay. I'm going to go with the East. Just, just so your family doesn't give you a hard time? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Very good. Well, listen, uh, I want, and you've done some amazing things. You've written some cool books, of which I've consumed uh, the, the, um, the content formula. Thanks. Yeah, very cool. Um, you're a speaker, but I want to go back. And for our listeners, of course, this is called the Caged Vision Podcast. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they have a vision of something they want. Oftentimes, their hurdle in achieving that vision has, has to relate to how they actually communicate their message mm -hmm. so take me back to the way back machine and tell me when you first knew that getting your vision out to an audience how that was your thing how it became your thing that you were going to specialize in this and help people achieve this well i don't know that that I, there was a moment where it became my thing. In fact, I would never claim it to be my thing. <laughs> um, it, it's bigger than all of us. But, uh, you know, I, I started my career in sales, believe it or not, and, and never thought I would uh, be a salesperson, but was actually not too bad at it. And um, after a few short years, got into marketing. But the company I worked for, which was a great, great company, and I owe so much to them, but, um, you know, we were sold this vision of being the leading provider of, of you know market research insights to the retail and consumer packaged goods industry as the vision and you know we were told to go out and sell with that and i never never uttered those words once i mean i, I talked about the ways that we helped our customers i talked about the ways that some of those insights even helped the world become a better place maybe in a small way um and and to me i never thought about it consciously at the time i think but I, I never bought into those lofty visions of we're the leading provider of widgets to the people that buy widgets. I, it's ridiculous to me that companies even use those words. And yet, you know, that kind of falls into the realm of marketing. So when I, you know, after a 20 year career in marketing um, became a consultant, the first thing that I do with my clients is to talk through their vision statement and, and, and how their brand communications reflect that, whether it's the right one or not. Um, and, you know, it's a really simple formula that I use. It's just, you know, who are you trying to reach? What is the thing that you, what's the, what's the topic? What's the conversation you want to be a part of? And what change do you create in the world? And, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a marketing exercise, like you said, but it really does reflect, you know, I think in many ways the, 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 uh, 
you know, the, the shortcomings of the visions of most companies. Mm. Yeah. So I just got off the phone with a prospect and they we were talking about their strategy. And, and one of the things that brought up was brand. And one of the challenges they're having is that they decided that brand was something they needed to do, which made me cringe a little bit when they said it that way. Branding is something we need to refresh and redo without it, without a, really a why, which is what you referenced. Yeah. And then they said, and then the budgeting process came out. And so we're, we're sort of tied to um, a budget. And so we're trying to figure out, which really underscores uh, the, the importance of what you talked about, which is why are you doing this to begin with? Yeah. And, you're, and it's not that you want to refresh a component more than yeah. likely. It's, it's, it's something, a bigger something that you want out there. That's exactly right. And, you know, what we, what, what we try to do, and, and it's, I think, a reflection of what you just said is, is, you know, I learned in college that brand is the impression someone has in their mind of an entity, a company, a person, whatever. So you can't, you know, it's not what color your logo is. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I love when I hear client-side marketers present their $4 million branding project. You know, we bought this company and we rebranded and we, you know, we had banners laid all over the company and $4 million later with zero return on investment, isn't it beautiful? And I just can't, you know, I cringe in the same way you did. It's just a reflection of, of what you believe in many ways and, and what your target audience believes when you, you know, the impression they have of you. And so, yeah, it, it, it's interesting in that the work that I do um, is really kind of the legs of uh, an authentic kind of expression of brand. Um, I've never been a what color is your logo kind of marketer ever. Um, I've never been uh, really on the creative side, never really on the advertising side. Um, I've always been uh, focused on the kind of marketing content that relates to buyers with their challenges that attracts them to a business and gets them to sort of know and like and trust, you know, we use, we hear that term a lot, um, way more than promotion and propaganda. And, you know, this is what spirit animal we are and what color our logo is. <laughs> I love that. All right, go deeper though for me, because you, you touched on, you know, it's not what you're throwing out or not, not throwing out, what you're not setting as high as priority as maybe others is all the flashy stuff that really sells. And what you're saying is more important, if I'm hearing you correctly, is what is that, what is that, how does that customer think of you and how do you want them to think of you? Yeah. So right there, what do you think it is that separates those, like how do people determine, if they don't know about you, where are they before they know about you? Yeah. Well, like I said, I think it starts with a really good understanding of, of who you are um, trying to reach what the problem for a lot of companies it just as a quick example a lot of companies we struggle with this and in fact i had a client say it was like the um uh waiting room for hell <laughs> it's, it's not quite as bad as being in hell it's like the way you know you're going there <laughs> you know it's inevitable it's the anticipation of going there and oh, it's gosh. you know so it's 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 its own you know terrible thing yeah but uh because it's hard but it's also very simple and and so what i try to the way i try to simplify it for the folks i talk to is what was the reason you were founded what was the the insight or the spark that ignited a, a person a founder to gather a group of people to build out a solution 
forget the solution. That's the outcome of all that work. It's the problem that inspired the solution that is really what the brand is. And so the answer to my mission statement or vision statement exercise is, you know, who, what, and why um, is almost always an out, outcry of that sort of initial initial or in some cases it's the thing that caused the company to shift you know what what was the cause of that shift what what was the pain and you know i often tell my my clients to marinate in the pain <laughs> and uh you know and i usually do a little dance when i say that um because most of us want to forget that we want to move right to the solution we want to move right to the flash we want to move right to the color our logo should be but it's really in the it's in the pain and the challenges it's the, you know, the things that cause your customers to sweat. What are those things that you are helping them to feel a little bit better about? That's where a brand really lives. And, and, you know, you can't fake it either, which is another funny thing. Like, you know, companies that, that set, set out their beliefs uh, sounds sometimes like a ridiculous um, exercise, but you know, it's funny, like in the law, a corporation is an entity like a person. So um, it's interesting, I think, that we're coming for full circle. Uh, in the 1920s, the robber barons knew that. They knew that corporate entities were treated like people, and they used that actually to their <laughs> advantage. And, and we're coming full circle now in that companies have to be like real people. They have to be authentic. They have to know what they believe. They're, we're starting to see brands that are choosing, you know, sides of, of political issues and social issues um, and that's a really difficult choice for some companies. Are you really going to walk away from a set of customers um, because of what you believe? And the 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 data, the the research, um, and my own you know my own you know heart is telling me that the companies that do that are winning. And so uh, you know that's the world that we live in today. It's it's uh, you know I think the the mass media era of of branding and flash and advertising is over. So how do you help someone? You know. They hear it over and over. I've heard this message over and over again. Um, for me, I have a business acumen that allows me to drop into any business and work with an executive, and I can get up to speed really quick. And so uh, in a way, that's always sort of limited me a little bit because I don't I haven't that, that niche, which you just referenced. I keep looking for that niche, looking for that niche. Um, can a niche be... Uh, a, a product or an area within an organization or does it have to be an industry focus? Yeah, I try to keep, so when I talk to companies and clients, I, I try to keep them away from, cause you know, I always hear there was this term that we used in uh, SAP when I worked at the software company um, called my KPI. And so you get into a room with, you know, it was a very collaborative culture, which was great. And, but you get in a room and you'd have an idea and somebody across the room would say, you know, that's not going to work for me because that's not my KPI. Yeah. And, and those are the kinds of things that I think every company uses uh, the, you know, well, we've got this segment at, that we target. It's this niche and we've got this product line over here. That's not really the same because it's different. Tar the bottom line is the, the real truth it, for companies, especially when we're talking about vision and brand and all these things comes down to the, um, the heart, the core of, uh, that unites all of those things. So, you know, and I've worked with companies that are pretty diverse. Um, you know, you think of a company like GE that sends, sells, you know, wind turbines and MRI machines. What's right. the core, you know, and it's interesting because they actually have a really, a really true core in, in their founding and, and you know, uh, Alexander Bell and, and, you know, innovation and the light literally invented the light bulb, you know, so there's like, there's stuff like that, that uh, um, uh, I think companies just miss. And they, they like to use those, 
segments and niches and all those kinds of things to, to, um, to get in the way of what really is the core. So if you can't link them all together, more than likely there's, there's one you need to get rid of. If you, that really large organizations. And in fact, I think I heard GE was getting rid of, rid of a division and it had something, it had nothing to do with tracing back to that original founder. Mm -hmm. And just as you referenced, which was pretty cool. So someone's, all right, they're st they've started, they've got their why, they, they, the problem that they originally started uh, out to solve, um, they're focused in on a target customer, you're helping them. When do you know when to put gas on it? Hmm. Um, well, <laughs> I, one of my favorite uh, answers to this question is you never know. <laughs> um, you know, it's not, it's not as, as simple as like you're walking up a mountain and you see a, you know, a ridge that if you, you know, take that next step, you're going to fall off. It's never that clear. Um, and, and one of the things that, uh, you know, I think is interesting about marketing and, and I've been a sort of a scientific marketer my whole life is almost every test that I've done. And I've done, I, I believe in testing. You know, if I send out an email, I take, two, I create two headlines. I take 10% of my list, I test it out to 5% and 5% and I go with the winner. I'm almost always wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've been doing this for a long time. And so, um, you know, the answer from the last test applied to the new test is wrong. Like I've just found that we're, we're more often, we often overinflate how right we, I, I think <laughs> yeah. I, for example, I think I just mentioned Alexander Bell as the founder of GE, it was Thomas Edison. So yeah, yeah. there we go. I, well, we're, I, we're wrong you, more often than we think. If it makes you feel better, I was like, yeah, that guy's right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of, have you, have you read the book Al Alchemy? No. Rory Sutherland? Check it out. He talks about everything you just referenced. This, you, this, uh, it is this, the most unexpected things that you, you know, never would have anticipated. But if it weren't for trying and, and and saying we need to try different things, you would have never, ever, ever predicted it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so I did just read, I, I just wrote it down. I, yeah. I, so I'm going to read it. I just read The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. I don't yes, know yes, yes. And I loved, I loved his, so one of the things that I, I'm really good friends with this woman, Ann Handley, who's an amazing writer and, um, and an amazing person and, and a marketing personality and social media rock star. And, and she, she really truly believes that words matter. And one of the lines in his book is they did research where they, they looked at teams and they looked at the words that they use and what they found was that the words don't matter at all. They, they actually statistically showed that no matter what people say or the way that they communicate doesn't matter at all. It's actually the way that they, the, the personal communication um, styles that they use. Um, huh. I think it was one of the psychological safety is the, one of the first tips that he talks about. Um, and I talk about it in my own uh, book as well. So, uh, you know, I think understanding those kinds of uh, softer skills yeah. is important, but his third tip is, is I think my favorite and it's just, it's, so his three tips are psychological safety for when to, you know, promote ideas. The second is I think vulnerability. The third is action. Hmm. And so, the, I think the harder your question, when do you know? I, I, I don't, I don't think, I think I'm always wrong. And so push it out there. Uh, you know, I put, you know, I don't put all the gasoline on any idea. I put a little gasoline on every idea and then I see what works and then I go buy another can, can of gasoline. And yeah. that's kind of, you know, action, I think 
is is really the only way through it in the world that we live in is you know test every idea that you have see what's working um and when you see you know when you see that spark really start to ignite that's when you go out and you buy your own gasoline can okay so what how do you if you've got someone that is sitting in on an idea i mean they're they're they've it, they've just been sort of stewing in it how do they take that first leap? And, and, and you're saying, don't try one. How do they figure out what to try? Yeah, whatever they have. Uh, I mean, um, my, my, I, I have four kids and my, my youngest son right now is really into animation. And uh, he, he, was, he, he asked me this question, like, I don't know what to, what to draw. And I was like, well, just get started. You know, just start drawing the first thing that comes to your mind. And, you know, and he was drawing, I think, I don't know what it was like a stick figure with a balloon. And, you know, by the, you know, within five minutes, he had a whole story with this stick figure and he didn't want to let go of the balloon. And at the end, the balloon was sad and the balloon wanted to be with other balloons. And so he let the balloon go. He drew this whole, he created this whole story about the balloon being a, a sort of, you know, human qualities, and, and, which was great. It was awesome. And uh, the only reason he got there is because he started with a stick figure and added a balloon and that led to another. So yeah, it's, it's I, action is, is so underrated. I, think. I love, I love that story you just told. And I want to pivot and I want you to take me uh, because we started in marketing, we've kind of gone a little bit into leadership. Tell me a pivot that story into employee engagement, because had you told your son what to draw, that creativity would have never, you, he, the balloon story would have never That's right. likely been told. That's right. So, uh, so if I'm allowed to plug my new book, it's called Mean People Suck, and it uh -huh. is it is all about. It's not it's not about you know complaining. It's actually counterintuitive. It's the if you're unhappy in your situation, it's not your boss's fault. It's not your company's fault. It's your fault. And we need to start by having empathy for the for our colleagues, and and especially when it comes to employee engagement. Um, it. it, it Really, the the so for example, I said we're never we're never as right as we think we are. Mm. Companies that bet millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads are making in almost in almost every case the biggest mistake because they're making these big bets based on what an agency said or what their head of creative said or what their CEO liked. Um, way more powerful is if you have an organization of ten thousand people sharing stuff on Instagram. Yeah. And some of that stuff, you know, most of it probably has nothing to do with their company, but every once in a while, maybe they're at a company picnic and they snap a picture. That kind of, of authentic engagement is the only, it's really the only marketing that's left anymore. So, you know, I, I came at this from a sales perspective and what kind of marketing works. And that led me to content marketing, which is kind of brand storytelling. Um, but then the question I get for marketers is, well, how do we scale it? And the answer is not with money. It's with tapping into the people that you have inside your organization. You can't make them share press releases. Why don't, you know, I used to say at SAP to colleagues, I used to say, hey, we want you to come and contribute to the, to the website, to our platform, to our blog. And they say, well, I don't really know anything about what we sell. I love cats. I'm like, fine, write about cats. Because guess what? There are other people out there that want to become customers or maybe they want to join our company or maybe they want to invest in us who love cats. There are lots of people that love cats. Write about cats. They're going to think better of SAP because we have an employee who's been encouraged and challenged to write about cats. So it's a kind of a silly story, but my point is it's all that's left. Uh, top down, Dan Coyle talked about it. The, 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 the Navy SEALs are, are successful because they all think of themselves as the commander. They don't, they don't look yeah. to the commander. Yeah. 
right? They all think of themselves as being in charge. Good organizations, effective, innovative organizations, remove, they almost remove that hero worship that drove me crazy as an employee of employees. Or, or my favorite line, I just heard it. I don't remember from who. I, I want to give somebody credit. But it was something like, we join organizations and we worship our boss more than we pay attention to our own wife and family. And that's, that's insane. Like, why do we pay more attention to some guy we, or gal we just, you know, started working for versus, you know, our wife of 20, our wife of 20 years or our yeah. beautiful kids? Like, it's crazy. So I think employee engagement is, in my mind, starting to become the key to everything. It's the key to innovation. It's the key to leadership. It's the key to effective marketing. It's the key to attracting talent. It's the key to keeping talent. It's the key to keeping customers and all of those things that I think every business wants. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. So tell me about what's your vision for the next 10 years? I mean, this book is obviously it's um, you're speaking passionately about it. Um, what is, what are the next 10 years look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really shifting uh, away from, I mean, my clients are really taking me there. I'm shifting away from being a marketing consultant to, I think, a consultant around or, or, or speaking to when I speak to this convergence of marketing and HR and uh, uh, communications and sales and, and really leadership, customer service, almost any frontline activity, I think is going to start to you know, everyone is in sales. Everyone is in marketing. Everyone is a brand ambassador for the, the HR organization. Um, and, and those kinds of insights are, are starting to become clear. Uh, CMOs have been talking about customer experience for a long time. Um, and and most, most companies, most employees know that that's BS. That most, you know, the salespeople are told, here's the bag of goods, go sell it. You know, <laughs> we'll worry about the customer experience later. Um, we hear HR people talking about the employee experience, and most employees know that that's complete BS. I think in 10 years, we're going to start to see a, like a real diversification of, of leading companies are the ones that really, truly put their customers uh, uh, first. And they're doing it, they're activating it through their employees. Uh, and so, you know, I don't think it's it's going to come in the form of, um, you know, uh, ping pong tables and free lunches and things like that. Yeah. It, it's it's really it's really this culture, this culture of, you know, I think, uh, um, uh, you know, th there's the line of, you know, why do we hire smart people and then tell them what to do? Oh yeah. You know, it, it's it's we're going to start. I think the ten next ten years are going to start to see leading companies hire smart people and then let them tell, tell the company. Ooh, I love that. I've got a new book idea for you. Not that you don't have enough on your plate. <laughs> Customer facing, which is the, 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 every, in the, the face of the customer is all of your internal employees. That's right. Like you That's just right. said, everybody's in sales. That's right. Well, listen, Michael, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can get me, uh, uh, marketinginsidergroup.com is my website. Um, I'm on Twitter at Brenner Michael. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. We're, we're just starting to ramp up the social on Mean People Suck. So I'd love for you to check out meanpeoplesuck.com. Um, you know, just sign up. I'm not going to, you know, I don't blast too many. I haven't even sent out one email yet, but we'll start pre-selling the book September 4th. I don't know when this podcast will air, but the book goes on sale October 25th. I, you know, I, it's kind of a, from a personal perspective, it's a passion for me because I'd love to see more kindness in the world. Uh, from a business perspective, um, I really truly believe that bi the businesses that succeed are going to focus on empathy for their employees and their customers. Um, so I'd love any one of your listeners to help me, you know, maybe start a movement. 
Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. Okay. My last question I'd like to finish with is if you could go back and give yourself any piece of advice and give that to your 20 year old self, what would it be? Hmm. Um, it's not his fault. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I start the book, uh, with, with a story of how I got fired. Um, one, only once in my career and, and, um, you know, and, and I spent a lot of time, uh, trying to, you know, I think pointing fingers and I think all of us do. I, one of my, my most tweeted quotes in, in speaking is, uh, behind every bad marketing idea or bad idea is an executive who asked for it. The, the point of the book is, is kind of that it's not their fault. It's not, you know, the grumpy old executive's fault. It's our fault. We're the ones that are responsible for the situations we're in and the happiness that we feel and, and in every situation. So that's, um, you know, I think that's what I would have told my 20-year-old self is don't blame other people. Uh, yeah, it's such a, such a good message. Well, Michael, listen, each week we work to bring encouragement and confidence to the listeners to help them unlock their cage vision. You absolutely have delivered and if you're listening mark down write down sign up for to get the book mean people suck yeah michael thanks for being on the show thanks so much for having me it's been yeah. fun chat soon all right take care